welcome to Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. You ever have one of those days where everything just goes wrong? Yeah, well, welcome to Avery's world. (laughs) Avery's having one of those days. It starts off with getting called into the principal's office because, get this, she got a perfect score on her physics exam. Yeah, rather than the teacher saying, or the principal saying, hey, great job, no, instead he accuses her of cheating because it turns out the teacher designs the test for no one to be able to pass. So when the principal informs her that the teacher has now created a new test for Avery to take and that she will take it the next day, Avery's like, mm, no, just give it to me now. I'll take it now. So she's got that on her mind, but when she gets home, she sees that her half-sister, that has legal custody of her since her mom died two years before, has baked cupcakes, which means her deadbeat boyfriend has moved back in. Yeah, Libby, her older sister, has this guy who's a total jerk and she cannot seem to shake him. So rather than actually be there when the total jerk gets back, Avery decides she's going to go and sleep in her car for the night, which seemed like an okay option at first, but turns out not to be the best decision ever. The next day, I paid a price for sleeping in my car. My whole body ached, and I had to shower after gym because paper towels in the bathroom at the diner could only go so far. I didn't have time to dry my hair, so I arrived at my next class sopping wet. It wasn't my best look, but I'd gone to school with the same kids my whole life. I was wallpaper. No one was looking. Romeo and Juliet is littered with proverbs, small pithy bits of wisdom that make a statement about the way the world and human nature work. My English teacher was young and earnest, and I deeply suspected she'd had too much coffee. Let's take a step back from Shakespeare. Who can give me an example of an everyday proverb? Beggars can't be choosers, I thought, my head pounding and water droplets dripping down my back. Necessity is the mother of invention. If wishes were horses, beggars would ride. The door to the classroom opened. An office aide waited for the teacher to look at her, then announced loudly enough for the whole class to hear, Avery Gramps is wanted in the office. I took that to mean someone had graded my test. I knew better than to expect an apology, but I also wasn't expecting Mr. Altman to meet me at his secretary's desk, beaming like he'd just had a visit from the Pope. Avery! An alarm went off in the back of my head because no one was ever that glad to see me. Right this way. He opened the door to his office and I caught sight of a familiar neon blue ponytail inside. Libby? I said. She was wearing skull print scrubs and no makeup, both of which suggested she'd come straight from work. In the middle of a shift, orderlies at assisted living facilities couldn't just walk out in the middle of shifts. Not unless something was wrong. Is Dad? I couldn't make myself finish the question. Your father is fine. The voice that issued that statement didn't belong to Libby or Principal Altman. My head whipped up and I looked past my sister. The chair behind the principal's desk was occupied by a guy not much older than me. What is going on here? He was wearing a suit. He looked like the kind of person who should have an entourage. As of yesterday, he continued, his low, rich voice measured and precise. Ricky Grams was alive, well, and safely passed out in a motel room 
in Michigan, an hour outside of Detroit. I tried not to stare at him and failed. Light hair, pale eyes, features sharp enough to cut rocks. How could you possibly know that? I demanded. I didn't even know where my deadbeat father was. How could he? The boy in the suit didn't answer my question. Instead, he arched an eyebrow. Principal Altman, he said, if you could give us a moment. The principal opened his mouth, presumably to object to being removed from his own office. But the boy's eyebrow lifted higher. I believe we had an agreement. Altman cleared his throat. Of course. And just like that, he turned and walked out the door. It closed behind him, and I resumed openly staring at the boy who'd banished him. The boy in the suit goes on to tell Avery the most improbable story she's ever heard. Turns out the boy's grandfather has died some weeks previous, a very rich, rich, rich grandfather, and for some bizarre reason, the will that he left cannot be read without Avery being present. So, bizarrely, she has to be there. But it turns out no one, least of all Avery, is prepared for just what is in that will. The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barr.